welcome into another episode of Miked Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2022 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at MidAmericaRV.com. It's great to be back doing the show at our regular scheduled time in our regular office. We had one hell of a trip back home last night, but we are here. We are in Joplin, and thanks again to uh, Mid-America RV for sponsoring our travels to Mobile Alabama, but it is. It's good to be back. But man, did we have one hell of a day yesterday. We were going to try to do a show yesterday, but at the same time, it was like maybe we should just try to muscle through and get home because these roads are absolute dog shit. Yeah, and uh, props to Matt for just sticking out the entire drive because it was kind of one of those situations where I was like, dude, I wouldn't want to do this. I would not want to be driving on ice through a tornado, through snow, just heavy winds. And he's just white-knuckling it the whole way down the road from Mobile, Alabama to Joppa, Missouri, just full-blown. You did have a moment where you drove, and it seemed like you got the nicest weather. That I we took like a five-hour shift. There was no rain, no snow. It d- but it did take us through like backwoods fucking Arkansas. Yeah, very annoying. I thought we were going to get murdered there for a bit. When your GPS takes you down a dirt road, it's not a good sign. I feel like that happens when you take over. I, I, like your I Google Maps or whatever is like, fuck the highway, bro. We're backroading it. it but it's Scenic always through Arkansas. That is true. So I don't know what the deal is. Arkansas just really creeps me out because there is moments where you think you're on the interstate and it's like, this is a two-lane road and there's just no other interstate. And then all of a sudden when you do get on the interstate, it's nothing but bridges. And when it's iced over, you're screwed. There's we, no we in between with spun out yesterday. There's no like, yeah, this place is pretty nice. It's either terrible or beautiful. No in between. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yesterday when we left Mobile, um, we knew they were going to have bad weather. We knew that we weren't going to be able to go to practices. And when we left, it torrential downpour. Like some of the hardest rain I've ever seen. To where at one point, I mean, the wipers are on like full blast, whatever. Yeah. And you still can't see through the windshield because it's just constantly covered in rain. And then when we started to get out of the rain a little bit, there were tornado warnings. And then as we continue to drive, it's like, oh, these roads are just ice. And then, oh, these roads are just packed with snow. It was it was a crazy, I don't even know how long it took us to get home. 14 uh, hours? I think it took 14 hours, legitimately. And trying to stop along the interstate, the highway, whatever, to try to find food, couldn't do it. It was, it was a rough day for us, but it's great to be back. We are going to talk a little bit about the Senior Bowl. We're going to get into some uh, the Pro Bowl. I saw a lot of people talking about that last night. We'll get into that a little bit. But um, I, I still feel like coaching in the NFL is still the hot ticket. Especially when you look at the fact that there's still coaching vacancies. Three coaching vacancies still in the NFL is absolutely ridiculous. You went to the Senior Bowl with no idea what you were looking for. And it's not as easy as, okay, let's look at this guy. He's really good. 
some of those guys are not a fit for what you want to do. So if you're Houston, New Orleans, Miami, and I'm going to leave New Orleans out of this one, actually, because they their head coach just retired like a week ago. So I don't fault them as much. Yeah. But Houston, Miami, you've known you've needed a coach for a long time now, and you still haven't figured it out. It is tough, especially when you look at New Orleans, because your coach did retire and it's a tough situation. Also, just to be completely honest, we're getting messages that there's no sound coming through at all for the episode that we're starting. We're showing up on the app. If, you know, Jacob or Dylan can hear, can you at least try to call in or send a thumbs up <laughs> just so we can get some confirmation? Because if we have started the show for about five minutes now and there's no sound coming through. It's fantastic. Do you just want to keep going or restart? And or back. So. Obviously, he's still experiencing <laughs> some technical difficulties today uh, as we travel. But uh, we are back with these the, these couple teams here that we have. I, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I've looked at it this morning as we got back into the office. Like I said, with New Orleans, I don't fault them quite so much. They're a little bit behind because Sean Payton retired. I do like the candidates that they have, and I think it's very interesting, too. Uh, when you look at them, not everything is about race. But when, when you look at what New Orleans is doing, they're interested in Eric Bieniemy now. He's set to interview this weekend. They're interested in Brian Flores. He's set to interview again, I think, and also Aaron Glenn. So they are doing their part. It seems like those are the three candidates that they really like. Now, you go to Houston, I don't know what's going on in Houston. They're interested in Josh McCown. <laughs> I don't know why. That I don't know why. He's never had, like, a coordinator position. He's never been a head coach. Like, that so, reminds me of, like, an NBA situation where you go from, like, yeah. a player to a coach. You know what I mean? Like a right. Derek Fisher type of situation. There's not much just, in between time where – yeah. Uh, or even in baseball. The yeah, time, Major right? League Baseball, you'll have a guy that's like, I retired two years ago. Now I'm a manager. And I think it's maybe a little bit easier to do with those with those sports. Like cuz with basketball, you're playing every you're playing offense and defense. So yeah. you know how to scheme for both offense and defense. Yep. Football is so specific that it's even difficult to be like, yeah, I was a position coach and then like some of those guys aren't set to be coordinators. There's almost like a hierarchy that you need to experience a lot as a an assistant coach before you can take over the reins. 
as a head coach. Yeah, because it's all the technical things too that you may you may not realize. You like okay, you know, you may know what they're supposed to do in terms of a play or where they're supposed to be, but improving and developing as a player, yeah, that's going to be the hard part, and that's where a lot of those position coaches come in. And then when you get to the head coach, which is kind of managing everything, and then having a team of guys that you can rely on and trust to build the rest of your team. Going to New Orleans, though, who do you think is the better option for them between Eric Bieniemy and Brian Flores? Because with Brian Flores, I feel like you're making that move, and you're immediately probably going after Deshaun Watson. And with Eric Bieniemy, it's like, and eh, we're probably going to have to give this a little bit of time. Or maybe that's just my mind. So I feel like with Brian Flores, it's, all right, we're gung-ho, we're again, we're competing in this division, let's go win it. With EB, it's more of like, a, okay, this is going to take a little bit for all of us to get on the same page and kind of just fully rebuild this team right now offensively. I uh, I know that I should be a big fan of Eric Bieniemy, but I'm actually not. So that for me, it's an easy decision. Uh, I would go Brian Flores the whole way. Even a guy that was paid, like, now all this is like allegedly still, was paid to lose games, and he still won games. It was still very good uh, as a head coach, despite everything that he kind of had to go through. It was very good. So for me, I can't believe Brian Flores is available. Mm-hmm. And he's a very good defensive coach who has interest in a guy like Deshaun Watson. Watson has interest in a guy like uh, Brian Flores. So I think that that's like a perfect pairing. I wouldn't even – I haven't done the interviews, but from the outside looking in, that's a no-brainer to me. Yeah, I mean, especially when you look at the fact that if you, could, if you can go get a Deshaun Watson, you're immediately back atop that division, especially with Tom Brady retiring in Tampa. <clears throat> Might be atop the division regardless of yeah. Watson. That's how bad it is. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you're right. I mean, we were talking about it earlier in the week, too, with Tom Brady retiring. Man, the NFC South and the NFC as a whole uh, does not look very good. Yeah, and one other thing that we hadn't talked about yet uh, were the rumors yesterday of Aaron Rodgers. What's going to happen with him? Homie's building a house in Nashville, Tennessee. Now, <clears throat> we've been to Nashville a couple times. I like it there. Yeah. He could just also like it there or want to build a house there. It's also one of the fastest-growing cities in the country. So I don't think this is like a, for sure this is what's going to happen. But I do think you have to look into it maybe a little bit. But it also could just be as simple as, yeah, that's where I'm going to spend my off-seasons. That's where I see my future after the NFL is in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, it is weird, though, because at the same time, <laughs> why Nashville? Like, I know I get it's cool, but this is a guy who spent all of last season in Hawaii, in California, just from California. You get drafted to Green Bay, you've spent your career there, and now it's Nashville? I, I still think it's weird. I think this is more than like Patrick Mahomes building a house in Dallas. He's from that area. You know what I mean? Well, Aaron Rodgers isn't going back home to spend time closer to family. That's true. So, I don't know, maybe unless there's. I, don't, yeah. I think a lot of people are reading into it. It could be true. But it's not like a set in stone thing. Like, oh my gosh, I, I've seen so many ports of like Tom Brady selling his house in Boston. Maybe he's just moving. Yeah, but then I look back at you know all the other players that we've seen go build or buy houses somewhere, and it's like LeBron James is you know buying two houses in Los Angeles. Does this mean he's going to the Lakers? And it's like, no, no, he just vacation home. He's wanting to do you know a lot in the Hollywood scene, producing movies and shows. Everyone tried to overlook it. Boom, dude goes to L.A. 
And then it's, you know, there's other players. So Tom Brady, like you just said, yeah, he's selling his house. His house is on the market. What does this mean? Could he be leaving? No, he's just wanting to go to a new house, new location, you know, in the same area. Wants to stay with the Patriots. Dude goes to Tampa. Maybe we do need to put a lot of stock into this and just go, hey, Aaron Rodgers has already said he doesn't want to be in Green Bay. His teammates are saying they're not expecting him to come back. You go to Tennessee. We know they're close. We know they have talent. They got Mike Vrabel, good coach. Everything is ready for him. They just need a quarterback that can help get them over the edge. And that's no disrespect to Ryan Tannehill, but Aaron Rodgers is much better than Tannehill. And if you can yeah. get that in some type of trade and a couple picks for Green Bay, I think that's all right, especially if Jordan Love is not completely ready to take over and be the guy. You at least have a bridge gap here with Ryan Tannehill and then can just kind of move on with Jordan Love after that if you want. Yeah, it, I don't know. Uh, maybe he is just saying, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to control my own destiny. I'm going to work my way to Nashville and be a Titan. I could see him being arrogant enough to think that. I don't know always I don't know that it's that easy. What if the Packers come out and they just say, No. <laughs> can't do it. Or it ain't happening. You know, uh thanks but no thanks. We couldn't work out a trade with them. They want to stick it out with Ryan Tannehill for a year. Even if Rogers has had like backdoor conversations with like Mike Vrabel. Yeah. And is like, hey, get me to the Titans. That's great. Two parties agree on it. Doesn't mean it's gonna happen though. So I, I think it'd be a very ballsy move to say, yeah, I'm going to build a house in Nashville right now. We're starting in February 2022 uh, because you just never know. It's not as easy as I'm definitely going to be a Titan. Now, maybe he's doing it with the idea of I'm either going to be a Titan or I'm going to retire. Congratulations. You'll end up in Nashville. Yeah. Oh, here's another thing when you think about it. Maybe he just wants to be a musician. You know, he's playing guitar last year in Hawaii in the room. Right, we're, we're we're better place to go do that than Nashville, Tennessee. I was looking at some Rogers, like stuff yesterday. I don't I don't even remember because it was such a long drive, uh, and they were oh it was jersey swaps. Some people were putting out some jersey swaps, and it was like him with the Broncos, him with the Titans. I still saw one with the Forty ers but I want to know he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Aaron Rodgers will eventually be probably a first ballot Hall of Famer. I hope that his bust at the NFL Hall of Fame, has that nasty-ass-looking hair that he has. Please, please do that to Aaron Rodgers for me. The good folks at the Hall of Fame, uh, I hope that he keeps it or maybe just keeps letting it go, you know, for a couple more years. And then when his bust is there, it's him with that stupid haircut. It's the lack of a haircut, really. That would be brutal. That would be absolutely brutal. To be like, all right, here's my bust. Ugh. Yeah, when I was going through that weird, you know, hippie phase at the end of my career. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't know if you experienced this in high school, I, but a couple of dudes that I went to high school with would uh, grow out their hair before they took their senior pictures. It was Why? like a thing. They're like, I'm going to grow my hair out for senior pictures. And then afterwards, they would cut it and go back to like a normal haircut. It was really stupid. You're looking at me like, why the fuck would they do that? Yeah, that makes no That's sense. That's what a lot of us thought, too. How many guys did this? A handful. Four, five, six, Freaking maybe. Idiots. I know our come. senior year for our, uh, our senior class pictures that we did for the school that would be in the hallway, all the guys wore V-necks. And I'm talking like every single one of us. So when you go look at our last pictures in high school, it was like, this is the class of 2014. Here's every class member. And you kind of flip through. Every single guy in the picture is in a V-neck, and it is hysterical. I forgot we did it, 
and uh, I think it was last year for the alumni tournament. I was back at the school playing basketball, and I go through and look, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, what just idiots we were doing this. But at the same time, it's really not that stupid. It's just because we never wore V-necks. We thought they were stupid. Kids. Yeah. That one's not – I don't. I haven't seen the picture, so I don't want to judge too hard. That's not too stupid. Yeah. High school kids are so dumb. They think everything in the moment is so funny and, like, everybody's paying attention to you. Nobody gives a shit about you. <laughs> Surprised you guys haven't learned that yet. Anyway, uh, coaching hires in the NFL. Uh, the other one that is open is the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of eyes on that one with the Miami Dolphins. They're bringing in Mike McDaniel, the San Francisco 49ers offensive coordinator, and Kellen Moore. It seems like those are the two finalists for that job. Uh, no, they are not black. So I, I, that's a rough look, I guess, good for the Saints. But I even saw yesterday Schefter put out a tweet of the Bears have hired Eberflus, and he went down the list of every coach that has been hired so far. And then somebody, quote, tweeted him, and he retweeted it. All of these coaching candidates are white. Yeah. Which maybe they're just the best guy for the job. Like with Doug Peterson and the Jacksonville Jaguars. It was just uh, finalized late last night. I think that that's a very good hire for Jacksonville. I, and looking at Brian Flores, maybe Flores is a better coach, but they probably wanted somebody offensively minded. Yeah. And maybe they looked at even Eric Bieniemy and said, hey, you've never done it before. We don't want to do the one-year head coach thing or the no-experienced head coach thing again. So they hired Doug Peterson. So maybe that one's not exactly about race. But I will tell you, it's a pretty rough look. There's a graphic up on our TV right now, and it's all just a bunch of white dudes. So I don't know what the NFL does. I don't know what the perfect answer is. I don't think there is one. No, and I mean, another name, you know, to mention there for the Jaguars is Byron Leftwich. I mean, this is a guy who just removed his name from the job himself. And my only question with that is, was he offered the job? Like, was he was it like, hey, we want to pick you. We want to hire you. And he's like, and actually, I don't want to work with Balky. I would much rather just move on and wait. You said his name right. I know. Look at me. I practiced it 20 <laughs> times before we hopped on. Hey, yo. <laughs> Balaki, Balaki. Uh, with the, it was so weird with him because there were a lot of reports from people that were, like, supposed to be tuned in with the Jaguars mm-hmm. that he was going to be the head coach there. Uh, but then there were also, you know, the rumors that he didn't want to work with Balky. And so I, th- I think that's what happened, just kind of reading the tea leaves of uh, he said that he wanted his guy in there. Uh, and who was Adrian Wilson to be the GM? Yeah, the Jaguars said no, and they probably just moved on from it. I feel like that's tough to come in as a head coach and say fire your current general manager and hire my guy. Yeah, because I mean, who was it again? The GM? Yeah, Adrian the, Wilson. He's uh, he's with the Cardinals. Does he? I mean, how, what's his role there now? I'm not sure. So, I, I don't want to be. I like, think he's the know. NFL scouting, the pro scouting guy. So eventually, at some point, he's going to get a GM job. I don't know. I feel like it's just one of those yeah. names that we haven't really heard before. Like any of these, all no, these other general young. managers that have been hired. Like I feel like you, their names have at least been mentioned a couple times beforehand. But to go back to Miami, I do think uh, McDaniel, not McDaniel's, excuse me. Oh, yes, McDaniel's out of San Francisco could be an interesting hire for them because he does have experience. He has been to big moments. I mean, he's been to the Super Bowl. He's been an offensive coordinator. He's very, very smart. Like, you listen to this guy talk football, and it's like, holy smokes. Like, this guy's different. Now, the only other thing with it is, if you're Miami, are you wanting to go from an offensive mind to a defensive mind? If that's the case, well, Byron Rathlich is still out there as well. 
And yeah. that's another guy who's, you know, been in big moments and coached in yeah. Tom Brady. And I think know. with Leftwich, I think it's very interesting that he went – that he's probably going to go back. And I heard some people talking about it this morning even. I wonder if he's almost a coach in waiting for Arians. I don't think Arians has too many years left. I mean, we were asking That's him, a good point. you know, at the end of this season, hey, are you coming back? And he said, yeah. Uh, but I wonder how many years he has left to where it could be a situation like maybe Byron Leftwich loves being in Tampa Bay and likes a lot of the guys that are in that locker room and does want to eventually take over. Maybe that played a part into him not taking that Jacksonville job. I don't know. I think it's a very good possibility. I do think that the main sticking point probably was – I don't want to work with Trent Baalke. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to do that, and I don't blame him because if you're a head coach and you can be the best head coach in the world, but if you tie yourself to a bad GM, it's your career's done for. You know, you might not get that second opportunity to be a head coach in the NFL, especially if you're a young black coach. Yeah, it just might not happen for you again. You know, David Culley had one hell of a season with the Texans. Nobody's looking at him. Yeah, I don't even know where he's at. I mean, he's probably just on vacation. He's going to be on vacation for two years. <laughs> Forty-two mil in the bank account. Yeah, see you, fuckers. Don't cry too hard for him. He's he's still living it up. <laughs> um, here's a question though: If EB doesn't get hired in this coaching cycle with the four remaining jobs, I mean, should we just kiss that ship goodbye? If he doesn't get hired this cycle, I think he's got to move on from the Chiefs. Like, if that's his, if his end goal is, I want to be a head coach in the NFL, or I want to be a head coach in college, whatever it is. I think he's got to move on from the Chiefs and almost go somewhere else. And be like, yeah, I can do it here, too. It's not just Andy Reid. It's not just Patrick Mahomes, yeah. Tyreek Hill, and all these other guys. Like, I, If he doesn't get a job this cycle, I don't know. It, I mean, tough. that's the other thing, too, though, is like you can't just move. You'd almost have to be fired by Kansas You'd almost have to go to Kansas City and say, hey, can you fire me? Well, I think so I can go be offered an offensive coordinator somewhere else. Because you can't move evenly, you know? You can, as long as you're... Like, allowed to. Oh, I thought that was a rule in the NFL. You weren't allowed to go accept another position on the same or equal playing field. I think you probably could. Like, in this situation, because I think Andy Reid could look at it and say, yeah, we're going to give you this opportunity to go. So, like, letting him go. Not necessarily, like, fire me, but let me have this opportunity to go somewhere else and and see if it works out. Over there, yeah. or maybe he does need to really start looking at Eric Bieniemy. Needs to start looking at the college ranks and saying, "Hey, I had an opportunity to go to Colorado, which is my alma mater. Maybe I try to go somewhere else. Maybe I try to do the college thing. I don't know if that's you know really what he wants or where his heart is. It seems like I mean he turned down that Colorado job because most of us figured he would be an NFL head coach. Yeah, seriously, especially by this point because what was that two years ago? Yeah, right." And then your guy, uh, Mike Kafka, gets hired by the Bills to yeah, that's you know, really the Giants. Sad. He gets hired by the Giants to be their offensive coordinator. He was kind of the he was supposed to be the next in line, and he gets isn't it crazy? He has jumped like he jumped Eric Bieniemy and said, <laughs> "Yeah, I'll go somewhere else. I got a promotion coming here." It just I hope maybe it's one of those deals where like Eric Bieniemy does get an offer somewhere, and the Chiefs go, "Hey, uh, we have an open offensive coordinator position now." It's like. Yeah, I was like, all right, I'm coming back. Yeah, I don't think that'll happen. Man, I'd much rather be with Patrick Mahomes than freaking Daniels in New York. Yeah, but I don't think that'll happen. 
be it's cool. Such a, it's probably not going to. It's, they're probably going to bring someone else in. We're all going to be like excited. Wow, offense is working again. Look at that. Injury is calling plays. He's going to go another two years. He's going to retire, and the Chiefs are going to have a head coaching opportunity. And Catholic is going to be like, hey, huh, had a little bit of success over here in New York. I'm coming home. I'm like, yes, you are, baby. You love this Catholic. Dude, I've been manifesting this <laughs> since he freaking became a part of the organization. How's that working out for you? It was working out great till now. It was doing well. Now, one more uh, job in the NFL uh, is the Jim Harbaugh thing. I think that's really weird, and I think this is, honestly, this is a bad look by Harbaugh. Uh, yesterday was National Signing Day, so you have kids making their final decision on where they're going to play college football, and he's taking interviews with the Minnesota Vikings. I, I didn't love it. Uh, obviously, it's it's not a perfect system. But it also sounds like the Minnesota Vikings did not offer Jim Harbaugh that job. <laughs> no, you know, we were even kind of talking about it the other day off air of like maybe he's going and, you know, we're discussing contract details. I'll be paid this much, this is how much roster control I have, yada, yada. Yeah, but it sounds like they interviewed him for a second time and then made their decision to go with Kevin O'Connell, uh, a guy who played in the league for a little bit, had a little cup of coffee in the NFL. And that's the direction they went. And Jim Harbaugh's come out and said, and I think this is coach speak, I'm never going to pursue another NFL job. Boy, that's tough. I mean, you're going to, I feel like you just put Michigan kind of like a couple years behind now. Like you finally got to a point where you were getting in very competitive recruits. You're competing in the big town, of course. You beat Ohio State. And if I'm I'm Ryan Day, I told you the other day, I'm using this as a, you know, anti recruiting. Kill them in recruiting. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at it. I'm saying, hey, you know you're that coach up north. He almost left for the NFL. And if the NFL comes knocking on his door again, because the quote is even, I won't pursue any NFL jobs. What if the Bears come knocking on his door? Yeah. Well, you know, in a couple of years, what if Eberflus doesn't work out? What if the Bears come knocking on the door or the Colts and Frank Reich moves on? Or you're the Green Bay Packers. Somebody offers him a job. He didn't say he wouldn't listen to offers. He said he's not pursuing. So this offseason, he was pursuing NFL jobs. He was talking to people. So I, I think that's going to be a very, very tough move for old Jimbo. And I, you also have to wonder, how cool is that seat now? It was scorching hot coming into the season. He had a good year. Michigan could still fire this dude. You think Michigan is either on the mindset of let's fire this guy and get him out of here because he just kind of tried to almost screw us over, or is it a thank God he didn't leave? We need to find a way to keep him here because we don't know who else we would have hired if he did leave. Yeah, I think that's a good point too. Like who's replacing him? You always talk about, yeah, he should be on the hot seat. Who are you going to get? Michigan used to, when they hired Jim Harbaugh, I think they were still one of the top programs, and maybe they're still one of the top jobs in college football, but who's coming there to replace him? I mean, we got to remember, like, yes, they beat Ohio State. They were also in the college football playoff. Mm -hmm. Like, they had a successful season outside of being Ohio State. So, like, you got to get appreciation to that as well. And they have had success in former years as well, being near the top. They just never beat Ohio State. So, I mean, Matt said earlier in the week, what, 70% of his games he's won as Michigan's head coach? Right. He was still very successful, just not on the Michigan standard of success. What is, I mean, what is the Michigan standard success? I don't ever remember them. I mean, this is another one of these schools that everyone just preaches and loves and, like, just raves about. I've never seen them successful. Yeah, it's been a minute. I mean, I was born in 1995. 
You really right. started paying attention to football in about 2003 to 2004. They are the all-time wins leader in college football. No one has more wins than Michigan. And they've got like a couple national championships, but they've been a long time ago. Your view of college football is probably a little bit skewed thanks to Nick Saban. Oh, 100%. Because, I mean, even like you're an and NFL Florida. fan. I mean, I, like Florida went on that huge run of just with Tim Tebow where they just dominated. And then it was like, here comes Florida State. And just, yeah, like, you haven't seen I've only known college football and like teams like having like mini dynasties for like two seasons and then it's – Alabama, right? Like yeah. there has there really hasn't been any parity in the world of college football, even with the college football playoff. They're just yeah, it's been like the same six teams I think that have made it. I'd say what Ohio State is doing is what kind of like Michigan used to be. They've kind of flipped roles since like the nineties and early two thousands. I mean, that's the thing with Ohio State. Ever since I was in school, I think like two thousand two, being in elementary school, Ohio State have been winners. Mm-hmm. Sometimes cheaters, too. But I, I yeah. don't know. And Michigan is one of those schools, too, like even with Harbaugh. They're kind of like the we're going to hire a Michigan man to come take our job. They, they want somebody with ties to the university. Uh, it, it's an odd situation. They have a pretty good roster coming back. So does Ohio State. Uh, so we'll see. Mel Tucker at Michigan State it looked very good last year coaching them. If Harbaugh loses to those two teams again, I think he's right back on the hot seat. <laughs> Another pay cut. <laughs> right? Like, uh, yeah, we're going to let you go. We're letting NFL teams pursue you. We're letting them come into the facilities and talk to you now because you got to go. Uh, you also <laughs> have to go to minersandmonroe.com. Use that code MikeUp10. Check out all the great stuff that they have. Uh, if you're a local listener, there's no reason for you to get outside today unless you have a very important podcast to record in your office. That's pretty much the only reason you should be out and about. So go visit them at minersinmonroe.com. Use the code MikeUp10 and save yourself 10% off at checkout. Yep, next up, another place you need to go visit us, gunspot.com. For all your gun and ammo needs, accessories included. You know, the best thing about Gunspot, there's no reserved auctions every single week. There's no hidden fees when you go to check out. So you'd love to see that. Also, you know, just in a matter of life, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Danger could arise. Make sure you're in a position to protect you and your family, and you can do that with gunspot.com. And we were uh, in Mobile, Alabama. For a week. Mobile. And now we are back. I do love my week in Mobile, Alabama. We've really established like some good friendships mm-hmm. there to where we know like the local people. It's crazy over we're, my time. We're two-day locals is what we are. That's um, kind of what they refer to us as. Yeah, we come in for a good time, not for a long time. Uh, but it was. It's always a great trip. Uh, really glad that we were able to do it this year. It felt more normal this year getting back there because last year was – Last year was the COVID year for the yeah. Super Bowl. To where, like, nobody went. And there, there were not a lot of people out and about. I, I know I saw you talking to uh, Ian Rappaport. I had to worry. Is big country about to break up with me and be uh, mic'd up with Ian Rappaport? Or, I mean, I thought the same thing when you're talking to all these sports agents. It's like, is it going to be, <laughs> you know, is it going to be mellow and athletes first? I, I tried, but they were like, no. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Already. <laughs> no, it was cool, and like that was the thing, like getting to talk to Ian Rapport. I don't, I don't ever want to come off as like bragging about it because it was one of those situations where I was also looking at myself like, bro, you're talking to fucking Ian Rapaport. and he like introduced us like, hey, my name is Ian. I was like, no shit, dude. I literally yeah. have your tweet notifications on. 
It was super cool. Super, I mean, super cool guy. Really nice. Held the conversation. Started talking about the Chiefs. I, I told him I was a Chiefs fan because he asked me if I was a fan of any team. And then he just starts asking me questions. Like, oh, what do you think they're going to do? Like, how should they go about this? And I kind of gave my thought, like, short splurt. Like, just didn't want to be overbearing with it. And he kind of gave me a look like, hey, uh, yeah, those guys that you think are gone are most likely gone. I was like, okay, I got myself an insider. Got myself a source. Everyone else's source. <laughs> <laughs> right? Confirmed opinion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And also, if we see Ian Rappaport in cowboy boots from here on out, it's because of me. I've yet to see it in my years being there. I know, but he was just saying, he's like, ah, you know, I don't really wear cowboy boots. I'd like to start. Like, I'm just, you know, I'm never really out and about to wear them. I was like, dude, this guy over here, Matt Miller, sits in the office majority of the day, wears cowboy boots. Confidence is through the roof. That's all that matters. How do you feel in cowboy boots? It doesn't matter where you wear them to. It takes a couple times wearing cowboy boots to, to feel comfortable and confident. In them. Yeah, and he kind of started cracking up a little bit. And then he was wanting one of you guys was like, hey, big country, you want a beer? And I was like, yes. And he was like, why do they call you big country? So then I had to tell him that story. He thought it was hilarious. Did you tell him the peeing on he the about, street story? Yeah, he about pissed. Not pissed, excuse me. He about spit out his beer. He was laughing so hard. <laughs> It happens. Storyteller, big country. That's what I'm known <laughs> for. When in Mobile, I mean, things get weird. I almost but stole great a great time other than that. Yeah, they were. But we did want to talk about some of the great uh, players that we also were able to see at practice. There were a lot of guys that I was, uh, just tell the truth, Friday, I was pretty distracted at practices this year. Uh, yeah. I've heard Matt complain about it before, of like, ah, like, you know, people were trying to talk to me during practice, blah, blah, blah. I was pretty distracted during practices, so I, just to be honest, didn't get a great look at some of these guys. Yeah, and I mean, the guys that I have on my list were just more guys that, you know, you see other people maybe mention or guys that kind of caught my eye, too, throughout practice. I was like, oh, okay, this is a guy that everyone's kind of ooing and aahing about, or, you know, I glance over at practice from conversations, see this guy make a play and go, okay, hey, sweet. This is another one of those moments that we're like, what I'm seeing is correct. Like, trust your eyes. Who was uh, one guy that you came away from the week? You're like, oh, okay, I like this dude. Yeah, so Christian Watson, the wide receiver at North Dakota State University. Matt mentioned him before we got there, and it was kind of one of those deals like, all right, big body receiver, you know, that's my type. I like those guys. Nico Collins last year out of Michigan. If you were listening to the show then, you know I was raving about it. This year, this is a guy that comes in and might be a second rounder that – I look at it and go, all right, or can we see similar production in the NFL like Chase Claypool? Not in terms of, you know, TikToks, but I feel like that has been a specialty for the senior bowl, with, excuse me, with these receivers, where they come in, they ball out, they don't go day one, but they go day two, and then they become studs. And that's, I feel like he's the next one to do that coming through the senior bowl, where he's going to be one of those day two guys in the second round that not necessarily falls, but he might sneak into the third round as well. That people, that a team could get and go, all right, this is this is a great pick, you know, great spot for this guy to get him here. So that was great. The other guy that I thought played really well was receiver was Brylon Sanders, the receiver out of Old Miss. Kind of just, he was one of those guys that as I kept watching receiver, Joe's like he just kept popping out over everybody else. And I don't know necessarily what it, what it was, but it's just like, you know, always had like a big catch. It seemed like he had great control on the sidelines. He was quick out of his breaks, good route running. And it was just like he was always in a connection with the, with the quarterbacks too. And I know that's something we talk about where it's like, hey, some of these things are just timing. So if you see a quarterback miss, you know, too far, too low, it's, it might be timing with the receiver. They, they haven't practiced together before. But with him, it felt like they were always right there with one another. Yeah, I didn't watch much receiver usually i like to i used to coach yeah. receivers i was stuck on them because they were right in front of us mm -hmm. it, uh one thing that you know we talked about on our incredibly 
long drive home yesterday too is, and I think this is for every position is sometimes you fall in love with guys and mobile. And then you have to remember, Oh shit, there are 12 juniors in front of them. Yeah. And I think the receiver position, even uh, talking about a guy like Watson, I liked what I saw out of him too. Uh, for him to come in and measure in at like six foot four and then run as fast as he did. They do the GPS tracking there. And I think I saw he got up to like 21 yeah. miles per hour, which is I'm right there with guys like Tyreek Hill yep. and as fast as he's run before. And uh, I was talking to another guy who expects Watson to run in the four threes at six foot four. That's pretty damn impressive. And I do think there are going to be a lot of receivers drafted over him. But I do wonder if he's going to be one of those guys like, uh, you know, Chase Claypool, who mm-hmm. falls a little bit, not not necessarily falls in the draft, but isn't as drafted as high as he should have been because we fall in love with so many of these younger receivers, these juniors that aren't there, or some of the top senior guys that aren't there, like a Chris Olave, mm-hmm. not at the Senior Bowl. Uh, uh, Jahan Dotson was another one, was supposed to be at the Senior Bowl, decided not to be there for, you know, whatever reason, didn't want to get hurt. But I, I did like Watson a lot, and I do wonder if he's a guy that in the second or third round is one of those explosion-type guys. Uh, you always give me credit for my Cooper Cup love. Mm-hmm. I remember watching his tape and watching him at the Senior Bowl and thinking, how is he not going in the first round? Yeah, like What is it about him? Because on the field, he's fast. He's tall. He's a good route runner, solid hands. Like What is it that he can't do? Yep. I don't know that there is anything. <laughs> he's a great run blocker, too. Yeah. So maybe Watson will be your uh, Cooper Cup type. Fingers guy. crossed. As long as he ends up with the Chiefs, you know, if it's another deal where he goes to the Patriots and balls out, I'm be pretty pissed. No, I was talking to some Packers guys that really all teams. want him. Huh? Pa- the Packers really want him. You lying? Not necessarily the team, but like the, the fan base, some of the uh, uh, like writers that work for them. Yeah, really want him. Hey, back off. How about that? <laughs> yeah. But we'll see. We'll see who uh, you know pulls the trigger on him and takes the the shot to get him. I, will it be Kansas City at like 62? Maybe. Yeah. And I'll tell you what. If Let's say Watson has a good rookie season and Nico Collins comes in year two pretty strong, I might be a wide receiver whisperer. We <laughs> yeah. didn't get to see it from Nico. He got injured. But at the same time, Davis Mills didn't look too bad down this, you know, the back end stretch of that season. If yeah. he gets another chance next year and he has a big threat along the outside <laughs> – you know, never say never. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But never. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, one guy that Mike Tomlin, speaking of him, was looking at is a guy that um, kind of stood out to me, but I I still don't know. I, I said that, like, my goal for the week was going to be figuring out who I thought QB1 is. I still don't know. <laughs> I, I, I know like that any of them stood out. Mike Tomlin was really watching these quarterbacks, as he should have. I, here's a sidebar. A lot of people are like, oh, my God, Mike Tomlin's watching the quarterbacks. It was even on, like, NFL Network. No fucking shit. He has Mason Rudolph on roster. Of course he's going to look at the quarterbacks. Big, big, just retired. Could you imagine if he just ignored him? Well, one thing I noticed, Mike Tomlin's just completely avoided quarterbacks. Yeah. Can't believe it. Now, if he come, yeah, if he comes out and he's like, no, we're good at quarterback, yeah, that's a news story. <laughs> yeah. But the fact that he's watching quarterbacks play at the Senior Bowl – not a story. I bet sure. he does the same thing at the Combine. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, probably will. But I did watch um, a lot of Malik Willis. And this is one thing that I took away from the Senior Bowl that I think I do every year that I love about football is that me and the guy next to me can watch the exact same player make the exact same throw and come away with a different opinion. 
Because there were times when I watched Malik Willis and he did have some really incredible throws. Man, he had some really bad ones too. The buzz in Mobile was even. Uh, Malik, Malik Willis had the top five throws of the day and the bottom five throws of the day. Uh, but I do think that there's a lot of room for growth and potential there, especially coming from a small school, that maybe he is a guy that, that gets into an NFL locker room and does progress a lot. Like mm-hmm. Josh Allen was the comparison. I had a lot of people talking about him. Uh, he wasn't accurate in college, goes to the NFL, he gets fixed a little bit, and now he's I, the second-best quarterback in the NFL. So with Malik Willis, if I had to right now, gun to my head, he's QB1. I think he'll be the first one drafted None of the other guys were impressive. Kenny Pickett had a good first day, and then it started raining. Mm-hmm. Malik Willis was able to shine in the rain and be like, yeah, I've got the arm for it. I've got the hands for it. And you know, even on Tuesday, first day of practice, people are like, oh, can you believe they're questioning Kenny Pickett's hand size? They weren't saying that on Wednesday. No. When he was fumbling snaps and had to shorten his throwing motion a little bit. And it didn't look great for Kenny Pickett. And with Pickett, like you said, with the throwing motion, it was like he would pause it at the top so he could make sure it was like, mm-hmm. okay, I have a grip. Let's throw it. That's that. I don't want to extend the ball because it might slip out of my hands. Exactly. So I'm going to keep it in close to my shoulder. Uh, and almost you're almost like shot put throwing it. because hey, That's exactly what it was. It. And that was when there was no DBs. It was just like your receivers running little out routes. Like you're just kind of going through the route tree with those guys. And yeah. then you see, you know, someone else step in, like, you know, a Bailey Zapier, Malik Willis, and Sam Howell, you know, throughout the other practices. And it's like, those guys didn't have an issue. Sam Howell, to me, kind of stuck out more. And so did Desmond Ritter. In just terms of, and I don't know maybe the appropriate way to say this, where it comes off positive, but it didn't seem like they were bothered by the competition of Mobile. It was just, this is who I am. This is what I can do. And, yeah. again, it's like they went through the motions. And I know I said it earlier in the week. But it just everything felt so smooth. It wasn't like I have to to overdo anything, or it's like this is what I'm working working on or focusing on, and it kind of hinders everything else. It was like they just take the snap, you know, play action, take your steps, drop back, and let it rip. And I mean, I think Ritter had the the deepest throw on day two on Wednesday um, in the rain outside. So it was another one of those situations where I think Ritter's just might be the most pro ready, but no one's talking about him. And I feel like this might be the guy where everyone kind of is just overlooking it a little bit. Because we've seen so much of him, like he's yeah. you know he might come in and be just, or whatnot. Just, yeah, like a almost like a Nick Foles type. Yeah, I don't know that if you're drafting Ritter to be like your starter immediately. Maybe you can draft him late and develop him. Uh, but I do think that he'll end up a starter in the NFL. I don't know I how mean, long. He had, some, he had some really good throws too, like mm-hmm. in full team drills where it's like, okay, you, you step back and then you got to kind of step in, avoid a defender. They're not going to hit you, of course, but then you zip it across the middle. Only right where his receiver can get it in the one-on-one drill with the def- the DB. The DB made a great play on the ball. Receiver still comes down with it because it was a great pass. Yeah, and then I, you know, I spent some time watching O line, D line, like I said that I would. And uh, as soon as we got to the Senior Bowl, I know you and like Matt are like pen and paper guys. Our guy Corey that was there with us too. I am not. I am a notes app kind of guy. So I opened a note. In my phone, and the very first thing that I saw about O line D line was Trevor Penning, and the note was he's not trying to make friends with anyone here, and I I think that everybody was seeing it on Twitter. It was not just yesterday; it yeah. was the entire week. It was like this dude was out there literally looking for a fight, and nobody was ballsy enough to challenge him. 
couple people got in his face, but that's as far as it went. But here's the thing, though. It's like, they got in his face. No, they got in his nipples. Yeah. This dude is huge. Yeah, they got right underneath his chin strap. And, and I know it, we saw him, like, in person, too, so I don't know if there's any bias going into this, but, like, it felt like our eyes were just directed right at him from the start when it became, you know, O-line versus D-line drills. Because, like you said, he was what everyone's you know, showing clips of Twitter on day two and day three inside on from TV where everyone was watching. That was it day one. I mean, he was just waiting for someone to be like, I'm going to fight you. And then if you did, it was like, well, okay, now you just got bear pawed and you're back into the turf again. Congratulations. Yeah. I mean, he's taking NF- guys that will be in the NFL and ragdolling them. Owning Ohio State guys. Yeah. Yeah, or like body slamming them. <laughs> if, it, if the NFL doesn't work out for him, he's got a career in wrestling. Dude, he reminded me of Spencer Brown from last year. Who's now the better. starting right tackle on Buffalo. 100% better, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Penny, I, I saw him get a couple looks at right tackle. It seems like their teams are pretty confident with him at left tackle, though. I, I don't think he's going to be on the board for very long. If he I somehow thought, falls to 30, pull the trigger, Brett Veach. There's well, that your right was tackle. my thinking is that like maybe he would be a back into the first round guy. I don't think he makes it out of the teens. Really? Oh, yeah. And I'll tell you what's going to happen because I've been doing this long enough now that I see trends in the NFL. Number 14 overall is where I Trevor Penning is going list. to go. Because that is where the Baltimore Ravens oh. pick, and they are another one of those teams to take guys that I like. And they have a need at tackle. So I, he's probably going to get drafted there and be like a fucking 12-year starter <laughs> and make it to multiple Pro Bowls, and they're just going to run the hell out of the ball. Uh, but I, I really I would not be surprised if that happens. I, I don't see how he could get drafted lower than Baltimore. I was so impressed with, uh, obviously, when we were in Dallas to see his athletic ability. We didn't see that just brute strength from him. Yeah. Saw it at the Senior Bowl, though. It's like, oh, my God, this guy is one of the best athletes at tackle, and not just seniors, all of them. Uh, we saw him with Evan Neal and Charles Cross. And I think he's going to be the fourth tackle selected. And the first tackle is probably going to come off the board at Jacksonville at number one, I think. Do you think he could go top 10? I mean, you yeah. got the Jets right there at 10. I do. Um, it with two picks yeah. at 10. And there's also, you know, a lot of Mackay Becton buzz in Mobile. It sounds like. I don't know if we want to be like the newsbreakers or rumor spreaders, but like. <laughs> he's got a lot of work to do to be a starter with the New York Jets again. Yeah. And there's already talk of them moving on and naming somebody else a left tackle. They could use a right tackle, so maybe they go after. One of these guys in the draft, I, Evan Neal can definitely play right tackle. I don't think he'll be there at four. Yeah, uh, but you know maybe you watch him go like Charles Cross and <laughs> Trevor Penning. Like boom, offensive line set. Yeah. Good luck, Zach. <laughs> yeah. Hey. It doesn't matter who's at receiver. You have all the time in the world to throw. Just hang out back there. Uh, the Giants also have two picks at five and seven. They could use yeah. at least one offensive tackle. So looking at the teams that could take one, uh, Jacksonville could. I think Houston could, the Jets could, the Giants could, the Giants again. <laughs> there are a lot of teams, and then the Jets again at 10. So there's like, what, I named like five teams right there in the top 10 that could take yeah. a tackle. So he could very easily slip into the top 10, Trevor Penning at least. And then you have Baltimore again at 14, which is probably going to be the fit for him. Uh, they They could use some more offensive line help. But uh, another great week. From Trevor Penning, he's just a guy that's shooting up my draft board. And then uh, Boston College offensive lineman, he played guard. Zion Johnson played guard at Boston College. 
But they had him taking reps at center a lot at the Senior Bowl. And I think that's going to really improve his stock, too. He looked outstanding. And even out there in the rain, and coaches are going to love this. It looks like something that's just stupid and corny on Twitter. But him out there in the rain taking snaps at center to be like, okay, I need to figure out how to do this. I want to get in a couple reps. Coaches are going to love that. I think he's another guy that could slip into the first round. Uh, I don't know that he's like solidified as a first rounder, but mm-hmm. I do think that he could be like a back end of round one uh, draft guy or like second round for sure. I just think that's so stupid and cheesy. What? You're just going to take snaps against a fucking goalpost after practice? It's not that hard to snap a ball and shotgun. I think you're underestimating it. I have done it. <laughs> like I know. My but... entire life. It, I don't feel like it's that hard. But you have to, to take do it the with snap, a get the step, and get the hands up. In the NFL. It's not just like, let me flip it back there. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. Thing. It's not that hard. But it's also, I this have This is to do another it. one of those like full confidence. Yeah, like, it is. <laughs> no like issue snapping the football. Uh huh. You don't have a 300 pound defensive tackle standing right in front of you where it's like, okay, I have to accurately flip this ball back there and then immediately be ready to block. That's why you a have guard, a teammate call a, a guard. Uh, but a guard the fires initial out. punch. No, a guard fires out off the ball. They don't have anything else to do. So it's yeah. a lot easier. He's played guard his entire career. No, that's what I'm saying. Like as a center, it is. It is easy to just take that snap and not have to worry about getting a direct contact because your guard is shooting off the line. So you get the snap. Not if you have a nose tackle in front of you, though. Brother, bring it on. No, this is another one of your things. I'm what? We're getting, I'm getting flat back, but I'm like, hands inside. Yep, this is another one. Hands of your inside, thing. falling back. Yeah, I just a guy that's inexperienced. It's not about like center. It's a guy that's inexperienced yeah. out of it, position. It definitely makes sense. It's cool, it. but I'm also looking at this like. He knew, like, this is why he did it. Like, we're talking about it. And it's like, other people see it. It's like, look at the extra work. Mr. Positive is going to shoot fucking, on a This player? is J.J. Watt right here. <laughs> You're going to get him drafted HBO, by the Chiefs. Hard knock. No. Pff, Creed Humphrey, dog. We're fine. Joe yeah, Until uh, Trey I Smith saw Mitchell gets right tackle and Zion Johnson plays right guard. <laughs> Trey Smith, man. Exactly. He goes to right tackle. I guess it wouldn't be bad, but <laughs> I did hear Mitchell Schwartz say the Chiefs have the best left guard, center, right guard combo in the NFL, trio in the NFL. Probably so. And I was just like, look what Brett Veach did in the offseason. Now let's find some tackles. Uh, consistent right tackle. And left. I'm fine with Orlando Brown. Yeah. He's okay enough. TBD. TBD on Orlando Brown for me. Another guy that I really... I uh, was impressed with was Florida State edge rusher Jermaine Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew that he was an upside guy that could come in and wow people. Uh, I think that like, you talk about you being a Chiefs fan and wanting like all these draft prospects. That's a direct replacement for Frank Clark. 100%. And the only thing that really caught my or kept my attention with this, with him throughout the week, was the Chiefs took his teammate last year and Joshua Kando in like the third or fourth round. So you think like, that has something to do with? I just think, like, it's not in a negative way. Just like Kansas City's clearly paying attention to the edge rushers at Florida State. Like, we just took his teammate. Yeah, I think that's All just... eyes are on this guy. I'm just saying, like, I'm saying in a way of, like, they already have a head start in scouting this guy. They're very aware of who he is. So the possibility of match there makes sense in my mind. Uh, I think you may be reading into that one a little bit too much. You don't think they would have a higher draft crush on Jermaine Johnson because of already scouting the team and seeing their teammate, his teammate last year and drafting I think him. if they do, they're fucking up. 
Because like if you're if you're scouting, am I saying this the wrong way? No, I get it. Like they've already watched him; they already know what they have from yeah. Florida State. If you're doing that as an NFL team, that is scouting the helmet. You know, that's saying, "Oh, like, these Florida State guys love what they do." And if you're scouting a guy, especially at defensive line, you should be watching him like exclusively. And, like that's sometimes, like a player will is... pop when you're watching it, but like all eyes should be on that defensive lineman to like watch his hands and. His burst and things like that. Yeah. So could they draft him? Yes. But I don't think having a Florida State guy on roster has anything to do with it. I was just meaning more so in the terms of like, hey, we trusted the scout already that gave us a report on Kendo. Is it a good report, I have no idea. But I'm just meaning (laughs) in terms of like, okay, hey, there's this kid, but there's also Jermaine Johnson. He's clearly scouted both of them last year and like watched them play or whatnot. Yeah. I think when you look at like Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. It was like, hey, let's go to him. Is there a good rapport here? You like him? Yes. So then the LSU thing like ties in to it. Yeah. I don't. I don't think. What was the guy drafted in like the fourth round? I believe so. Yeah, I don't think you're. And looking he was at a defensive that. end as well. And he played literally on the opposite side of him. Right. I don't think you're looking at that to be like, oh, we could put this pairing back together. Look at Florida State though coming through with the edge rushers, and I'm not saying Josh Kendo is going to be anything, but like Brian Burns before that, then Kendo, and now Jermaine Johnson, Florida State D and U. That's a total joke. I know that's Ohio State. Well, yeah, they but, don't, they don't usually get a lot of draft guys yeah. anymore. <laughs> that's another university that used to be at the top. When I was a kid, that you are probably like almost even unaware of. Like you saw the Jimbo Fisher, Jameis Winston days. Yeah, I feel like that was even pretty short lived. Just a year or two, like two years. Because yeah, before that, I mean, they were they were at the top. Well, Jameis really just ended that. Like I mean, he was very much the whole like the rising and falling of Florida State again. And uh, maybe it's my bias. I blame Jimbo Fisher. That could very much be in it. Who, again, let's complain about recruiting. And then, oh, we only spent $25 million. But we got a $30 million budget. What's on um, recruits this year? Uh, yeah, a big budget. You yep. don't need a big budget, though. To check out Club 609, they have you covered with a great happy hour from 2 o'clock until 8 o'clock with their two-for-one drink specials, $2 draft pours at Club 609. <clears throat> and if you're in Joplin... It's one of the very few restaurants that is actually open. Yeah. Everything else closed up for the day. Probably the weekend. I mean, yeah, because there's just so much damn snow. But I'll tell you a place that's open right now, ready for business, ready to help you out, especially in this weather, Downtown Lube. Exactly. DowntownLube.com. Be sure to visit their website for their full list of services. They They do specialize in tires and lube. But they are much more than that. So, again, downtownlube.com for their full list of services. Weather's bad right now. You're going to need new tires. You can go there in the morning, order tires. They'll be in in the afternoon. They'll have them on your car right then, and you can drive home with a new set of tires and feel safe getting home. Again, it's not a matter if. It's a matter of when you're going to need your oil changed and your tire service. Get that done at Downtown Lube. You know, this weather that we've had, and I love our local weather guy. But yesterday we were driving home and I know like Matt had put out some like tweets or Facebook posts and being like, how's the weather back home? Like, what are we about to drive into? (laughs) There were reports that we'd gotten eight inches of snow. And let me tell you, fellas, it was about four inches of snow. (laughs) (laughs) And nowhere in this town would I say there are eight inches of snow. I think it just goes to show... Midwesterners don't know how to count inches. You drive a, a Kia sedan 
I thought we were either going to have to shovel your car out or that you would just be stuck at my house for days. Mm-hmm. You, we did none of that. You started it, warmed it up, scraped the windshield, and drove off. Appreciate you helping me do that, by the way, especially like 2 in the morning when we got home. <laughs> were you, weren't you very underwhelmed by it, too? Like, I really thought that I was coming back to, like, something I hadn't seen in years. Yeah, I mean, we hit your road into your neighborhood, and I was like, I could drive in this fine. Last year, I drove in worse snow than like, this. I understand. And I lived way outside of town. Exactly. I understand the canceling of schools for it, mm-hmm. but it's not like... Don't tell me eight inches. Honey, that ain't eight. No, now, I, now I understand why all these girls are here disappointed and pissed. If we be lying. Eight. or not, not we. Y'all be lying. If that's eight, <laughs> we have to do some recalculating. Bro, I got a footer. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Five dollar okay. foot long. What's up? What? <laughs> exactly. Uh, we did also have some all-star news. I stopped paying attention to the Pro Bowl years ago. I think it was yesterday where I said to you, oh, wow, the Pro Bowls this weekend. <laughs> I thought you were being sarcastic when you said it. I had no idea. Because <laughs> I looked over at you like, yeah, the Chiefs fucking lost. Now they're there. <laughs> mm-hmm. I had no idea. Didn't even think about it at all. But the Pro Bowl is this weekend. I'm probably not going to watch it. I don't remember the last time I did, uh, just to be honest. Yeah. But I, I did see. I didn't get to watch it because we were traveling. I did see a lot of the stuff that they were doing, a lot of these little skills challenges. I like it. Yeah, it was cool. Like the uh, the best catch or whatever. Uh huh. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty fun drill. Right. It's almost like a like a spinoff of the dunk contest. Yeah. Like, hey, uh, who? I think it was Trevin Diggs, the corner, who did like a flip and caught the ball, mm-hmm. uh, which was really cool. Uh, I like it. I, I'm about it. I think they should do more things like this. The thread the needle thing. I even saw Russell Wilson tweeting, like, yeah, finger looked pretty good, didn't it? Yeah. Like, okay, bud. Get it. Get it. <laughs> and Trevon Diggs jumped off a car and then jumped through a table with his brother's jersey on it. They're competing against each other in the drill. I thought that's hilarious. Yeah. Bill's Mafia love. Yeah. I, and I do. I, like I said, I didn't get to watch it, but I do like it. And I think that that's what the NFL has needed for years. You know, mm-hmm. again, when I was a kid, they used to do the quarterback challenges where they have these moving targets and quarterbacks would have to throw at it. With the golf carts. Mm-hmm. That needs to come back. And, or they would do just like the longest throw. Yeah. Why? That's so simple, and it's so entertaining. I would love to see Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes do that. Right? Like they, we've been begging for it for years. There you go. And I, I don't know if there's like incentives, if the winner of each event gets like something, or if they're just out there doing it to be competitive. But I, we've been asking and begging for Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes in the long toss. Yeah. Here was your opportunity. You might not get these two at the Pro Bowl <laughs> ever again. So, like, <laughs> let's, this was your chance, and uh, I hope it happened. And the dodgeball highlights, I think, were very good as well. I'm surprised that, like, you're going to play dodgeball, but you won't run, like, an obstacle course or you won't like, play in the game. Yeah. Am I just a hard ass when it comes to dodgeball? I'm out there dodging and dipping. Rolling on the ground, dodge, you know? dip, dive, duck. Exactly. And dodge. <laughs> That's how I play dodgeball. And it's dangerous. Yeah. We used to, when I was teaching, we would do teachers versus students dodgeball. Oh, man. I went hard in the paint. <laughs> I did. I saw... Um, Dude, I, I would just freaking annihilate the annoying kid in my class. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's exactly what happened. I even told him, I'm face hunting. 
<laughs> Watch your face. Man, I learned this trick where you uh, you attack the line with two balls and you throw one up high, and right when they go to catch it, you just fire another one in there, yep. not even looking. And or you I, do it with a teammate. Dude, I would just destroy kids you know, doing that. I remember getting with one of the PE coaches and being like, all right, we're good. That kid. Yeah. You know? And, and we play like, dodgeball. I'll go low. We're throwing at the same time. <laughs> yep. Our dodgeball season came right around like baseball season in high school, like for gym class. So my arm was already strength, ready to go in terms of pitching. I was in there throwing fucking sliders, dog. I'm talking 12 6 curveballs from top to bottom. Oh, little Katie's just rolling through thinking she's fine here. It comes over the top. Boink. You're out. Uh-huh. I'm sure of it. Bro, I, I swear. Uh, when I was in high school, we had a really good baseball coach who had yeah. just come Dude, off. Dude, I would scream, they're heading home, and be center field, crow hop, Rachel's hit right in the nose. <laughs> You're such a character. <laughs> but he played college baseball and could throw like 92, and like a real 92, not like a, oh, I hit it one time, like wind was great, <laughs> a lot of momentum, I touched 92. I mean, he could throw 92. Yeah. And to watch him throw a dodgeball was actually scary. I bet. Yeah. Because that probably comes off at 70 miles an hour. Right. I don't know. I don't know how fast he could throw it. Probably not that fast. But we also didn't get to use like those rubber balls. Like the ones like, that you would use for kickball or whatnot. Huh? Yeah. The foam. Yeah. And so those would really take off some speed or the plastic would get too damaged or whatnot. Your yeah. finger would rip it throwing it. I was really Still surprised when I started teaching that they did use the rubber balls. Oh, really? It was it, legitimate dodgeballs. Like in the movie, dodgeball, that's what they used. Where God, I, I would have loved to use one of those. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. But I, I love what the NFL's doing. And they even uh, did like a race. I think it was 40 yards. Yeah, I think like it was too. Nick Chubb, Micah Parsons, Tyreek Hill. Who, I don't know who the fourth one was. Uh, Trevon Diggs. Yeah, out there racing. And Micah Parsons won the race. Yeah. Which is just absolutely terrifying. Because he like, did it. you did have Trevon Diggs running full speed, and you did have Nick Chubb mm-hmm. running full speed, and Micah yep. Parsons still beats them. And with Tyreek Hill, here's my thing. If you're going to sign up for the race, run the race. Stop I think telling he, people you're the fastest guy in the league if you're not going to run the race. <laughs> I don't blame him. He's been dealing with some nagging injuries. They don't I think run he, the race. That's true. I didn't I haven't seen Patrick Mahomes participate in any drills. I didn't see Travis Kelsey participate exactly. in any like, drills. You either. don't want to do it, but like if you're going to run this, ma- run your mouth and be like, "Oh, line up!" Like, yeah, whenever. Like, I know that he has the data to be like, "Yeah, I'm really fast." Yeah, I've seen it. Do you think there's any like run the race? Do you think he's like, I just played on Sunday and we lost and I'm still in pain? No. <laughs> you don't think there's any of that? No. <laughs> he signed up at the Pro Bowl. Run it. If yeah. you're still sore and you're feeling it, don't run the race. This All is right. just me being a cheese. I kind of loved it because it was just like, I'm not going to take the shine off of this. Like, yes, I could smoke all these guys. I have. Like, I did all year. That's what people want. That's what I specifically want to see. <laughs> if you're going to say you're the best at something, do it. It's like when you run your 40 and people are like, oh, that's fucking slow. Do it. Yeah. You're going to tell me you're super fast? Do it. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to read your little miles per hour thing. You signed up to run a race. Run the race. Can we get a miles an hour thing for me? I want to see how fast I get. Watch my ass hit 22. Be like, God damn, buddy. I know. <laughs> that was a joke. 
I do think I could get at least 13 miles an hour. I was going to say teens. Teens would be 15. Yeah. I would be impressed with 15. Uh-huh. I, I know blow that it out of the water. I've probably told you this story before. Uh, but one time we were having – we used to have draft parties where a group of us guys would get together and watch the NFL draft and get drunk. And we were doing it at Matt's house, my older brother, one year. And there was a, one of those speed limit signs. is like, hey, your speed is this. Like, slow down. And we were out there running. And it is also – it is an episode of The Office where they do this. <laughs> I saw it happen in real life <laughs> where dudes are running. Like, some fairly young – like, it was, it's been 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. Young athletic guys are running and hitting like 12, 13. And I mean, like, oh my God, like, I thought I was so much faster. And then there's one dude who is probably five foot five, 225 pounds. Good athlete. Does his name start with a K? Yep. He weighed more than that. But those are, <laughs> yeah, those are his dimensions. And he takes off running and a car drives from behind him. We're running on like a sidewalk. He starts running, and he hit like 32 miles per hour, and he lost his mind. And I was like, "Oh, I'm so much, I'm 20 miles per hour faster than you, or whatever." And like, dude, it was a car. Like, it, it read the car. Like, do it again. Ten. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have ran it again. I'm like, nah, dude. That's I my beat time. the car. I beat the car. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I was in front of the car. Uh, but I did think that the NFL did a good job with the Pro Bowl stuff. I saw a lot of it on social media. I will say uh, I will probably watch it next year. If they do the same thing, or <laughs> not I will. even tomorrow. If the game is to I'll watch it. No, next I mean year. the skill stuff. The Pro Bowl oh, okay. game itself. <laughs> They're not going to have effort in it. No. And like I like the NBA All-Star game because there's not effort in it that much, but you're still going to get exciting plays. Yeah. Like the exciting plays in the NFL don't come when it's like blown coverage. Like the DB's not trying, so Tyreek Hill just jets down the field and he's wide open. That's not exciting. Yeah. Or if a running back has like a big run, but you know no one's trying to tackle him. I don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Right. I, it's different, like especially in the game, because it's cool to see all these guys playing together. But at the same time, you can tell they don't want to hurt each other, or they don't want to do anything to get hurt in like a skills game. Yeah, they They're don't like, want to play in a crowd, you know, for fun. So I would much rather just be like a flag football game. Yeah, seven like, on you're seven. not having to worry about contact, and you know, some guys might take it a little serious. So you do get in moments of like, okay, hey, scoring's different. Let's go have some fun. Like, if you catch the ball right. here, you know, whatever. You catch a ball along the sideline, you get extra points. Or stopped on a certain down interceptions, defense gets extra points. I think that would keep it enjoyable, but also different. You just played football all year. Now you get in here, and it's like, now we got to play one more game. Nobody's taking that serious. Yeah. Especially when you get, like, an OBJ out there in, you know, prior years, and it's like, okay, now he's playing quarterback. Maybe that is a little fun. Maybe you do that. Or it's like, you don't actually play your real position. Yeah. I don't know how many quarterbacks are signing up to go catch passes, though, and run routes. Oh, no, I think they just chill on the sideline. Yeah. Or GMs are like, Mm-mm. I got paid $30 million this year. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, you are, you are not lining up at receiver or safety. I don't care what you did in high school. Yeah. <laughs> Your ass is on the sideline, or you can throw a couple passes. But it would be. But it's also, it's a, it is a huge risk. So I guess, like, hats off to the players that participated in it. And I don't think anybody got hurt, so that's good. I don't think so. Hopefully not. I mean, and now here's the other thing: NBA All Stars here. That list was announced. 
some people pretty pissed off on the snubs, but it happens every single year. I did see though, Melo, that they're offering that if you make the uh, the All Star team, they're giving you a ring. You get a ring for it. And I saw someone quote tweet it and go, "Damian Lillard still will never get a ring because he's <laughs> injured." And it was like, "Damn, that is rough." Yeah, <laughs> you can't even get an All Star ring, dog. Ugh. Right? Was I think it was him that got engaged recently, and there were a lot of jokes, ring jokes. Yeah. If you're an NBA player and you're struggling to get that championship, you almost – you got to wait. got to wait. Hey, go to Super Team, dog. <laughs> For sweet uh, L.A. Wasn't it Patrick Mahomes that was like, I had to get my Super Bowl ring first? Uh, they did it at the same time. The day that he got his Super Bowl ring is the day that he proposed to Brittany. So but he had won the Super Bowl. Yeah. I didn't hear him say that. If he did, that's actually hilarious. That might have been an inside conversation. <clears throat> Probably didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, guys getting their ring and their all-star appearances. I, I love the NBA all-star weekend. I know the dunk contest, not great anymore. We talked about that earlier yeah. in the week. Even, like, the three-point contest, I, I feel like is getting to be pretty exciting. Because you will get, like, Steph Curry will probably be in the three-point contest. Is he this year? I'm surely, right? You broke the record. You, you almost have to be. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I'd like to see Clay Thompson do it. He's back and he's healthy. Uh, he had one hell of a night last night. I'd like to see him do it. But you will get guys that are like, yeah, I am a superstar. Luka Doncic will be in the three-point contest. Yeah. The, the thing is, too, though, is like when you look at the duck contest in this, it's, it just sucks that there's no big names. I know we talked about it earlier in the week. And then the skills challenge, it's – I feel like that's always so different on who actually – like. I feel like the last couple years have actually been like the big guys. Yeah. Uh, like Bam Adebayo won it last year, I think. Who was it last year? Bam Adebayo. I think that might have been the year before. I don't know, but he definitely won it mm-hmm. one year. Uh, but you also get those guys out there who are super skilled, and they're like, eh, I'm not going to try. That's another thing. If you're going to sign up for the event, you got to give me 100%. The I love that this is coming from a guy won. who's just not very competitive either. I know. So you know what I would do? Not sign up for the event. <laughs> no, you're not getting good effort from me out there. I'm not going to do it. Let somebody else do it who's going to be like maybe less skilled, more effort. though. You know, just got to respect the honesty, really. Yeah, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> honesty. Tell the truth Tuesday, except for mm. it's Friday. Uh, that is pretty much it for us today, though. Uh, we appreciate you guys putting up with our weird schedule all week should be back to normal next week, breaking down. I mean, it's Super Bowl week next week. Maybe I'll watch the Pro Bowl, and I'll come in on Monday with a full recap of what happened in the Pro Bowl. I'm going to be honest. That's not going to happen, nor will it ever <laughs> happen for me. But we do appreciate you guys, like I said, sticking with us on a weird week uh, of schedules. But we will be back next week right here in the call-in app um, at 10 a.m. Central Time. On Monday, again, thanks for joining us. Don't forget about our great sponsor to end the show, Roper Kia. Probably not the best weekend to buy a car, but you should go check out their inventory. See what they have. If they don't have what you're looking for on the lot, they will help you find it. They've done it for me numerous times. And if you mention us here at Mic'd Up, they will give you $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. We thank you guys. We'll be back on Monday.